And welcome into Fantasy Baseball Camp. This is episode six as we prepare everybody for Fantasy Baseball week five. Wes, how are you doing tonight? We got Wes, Will, Thomas. We got the whole camp here tonight. Will, how are you over there? I'm getting my butt kicked this week by Wes, so <laughs> not doing too too great today. We'll, we'll see come Sunday, but I got got a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> and so I think that's everybody. So we'll move. Oh, I'm sorry, yep. Tommy. Go ahead. Yep, that's everybody. No, I mean it's been a busy week personally. Just everything going on. Um, I feel ill prepared. I'm normally the one with all the notes and all the numbers and metrics and ready to go. And I'm just going to wing this. I don't know what I'm going to do. So, this should be a good episode then. This should be a good episode. episode. Raw emotions, (laughs) nothing's planned. Now, Tommy, you're one of the only undefeated teams in our league. How are you looking right now? Well, not so so much. Like, the worst team in the league is about to defeat me. My my team decided they had enough. They don't want to be undefeated anymore. So, there's still a couple days to go, but it's not, not looking good. I'm down by like 80 points. Not the worst team in the league this year, but the worst team in league history. You're the worst team in the league right here. I forgot about, about that. One on, the panel, one on the panel doesn't have a win yet. <laughs> yes, I, I, I am unfortunately 0-3. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I can't hear you from all the way up top. You're way down there. At least, I'm in, at least I have more points scored than ice cold pitchers. At least I have that. True. So, all right. So let's get into injuries here. Um, I'm just going to let Tommy handle the, the top guy on our list here for our notes, uh, Robbie Ray. Yeah, I don't think I'm alone with this. Uh, Robbie Ray had a um, flexor strain on his elbow, and they said he's just going to heal. It's been a couple weeks. He reevaluated. He's about to start throwing again. And then out of nowhere, bam, he's having surgery. He's going to be out for the season. I had him on. Out for the had, season. Out for the season. had him on every, every league I'm in. Somehow I ended up with him. I didn't realize that until the injury happened. So hopefully this episode, you guys can, can tell me what I can pick up or who I can trade for to help replace that hole in my lineups. No, man, you're undefeated. You'll be fine. Yeah, I may not, maybe not after this week. I lost Springs and Robbie Ray already. It's, it's, a, it's a bad pitching for me. So the next guy on our list is uh, Jordan Alvarez. He's not necessarily concerned too long-term, but within our league, he is someone who's been – in trade talks, I know from ice cold pitchers who's trying to find himself a starting pitcher, and all of a sudden, Jordan, it's not his hand or his back, it's his neck all of a sudden. So he's been out for, I think, a game or two, but no one's going to want to give up good pitching or a good player for Jordan when you got injury riddled Jordan. Uh, Will, uh, who's this next guy on the list? Yeah, um, Kenta Maeda from the Twins, you know, he uh, got lit up, I think, for what was it, 11 hits, 10 runs? Yeah. I think the other night, and then now he's having an MRI on his elbow. So just coming back from Tommy John, correct, like a year or two ago. So now back was. the MRI on the elbow, it's not looking good for him. I didn't know you can get MRIs on Pride. I, just, I, I found it weird that they – pulled him for an injury after the 10 hits and 11 earn runs. Right. Yeah. Typically that would happen. Sometimes that's an indicator of your commands off because you have an injury and you're just playing tough through it. I've seen that several times though. Yeah, it's possible. Just saying, you know, from fantasy purposes, I'm sure coach ever didn't appreciate that. Or it's just, it's just yeah, a, I haven't thankfully oh, in our other league. It's a way to save face a little bit. Oh, man, I, I gave up all those runs and hits because 
I slept in the shower earlier today. So, all right. Well, why don't you jump into you since you own the next the guy after this? Uh, how about an injury update on uh, Tristan McKenzie? Yeah. So they said he's made significant progress so far. He had the same same type of injury as Robbie Ray. Is that right, Tommy? Very uh, I was wrong. It was a shoulder for for Tristan McKenzie. Uh, it was an elbow for Robbie Ray. Gotcha. Well, he's already thrown from 75 feet with no issues, so he's set to throw a bullpen this week, and they're saying he'll be on track for May 29 return, which is kind of noteworthy in some of the prospect stuff we might talk later. Um, you know, some guys there for the Indians, but he's only rostered – he's not in the roster in 100% of leagues yet, only 89, so it's worth a look, you know, to see if he's there um, with that good injury news coming back. Especially with the amount of starting pitching that everybody seems to need, eighty-nine percent, that at least seven percent there needs to go and uh, pick up Tristan McKenzie. So, starting pitchers always needed. So, last two I've got on our injury notes is Josh Jung. Tommy, what's the latest with Josh Jung? What's going on with him? Is yeah, there any worry with him? No, he just got nicked on the handles. I was watching the start. It was it was my pitcher at Champ Graham Ashcraft hit my third baseman, Josh Young. And I just couldn't help it. Just like, you got to be kidding me. What, what's going on here? And he stayed in the game. And he actually came out like an inning later, extra negative. So I think it's just going to be a, a bruised hand for a couple of days. Should be fine. So long as the, the Rangers are telling us everything. Okay. Yeah, that would be a hit to the Rangers after they waited all year last year for Josh Young. Josh Young? Jung? Young. Young. So you don't pronounce the J. Nope. Josh Young. Young. So I'm young. <laughs> young is Y. It starts with a Y, but this is with a J. So moving on. And the last guy who, uh, right before we hit record here, we saw an injury note. Um, probably for the second day in a row, though. Arson, I mean, Aaron Judge. Uh, he slid into third base yesterday. Uh, Wednesday, April 26th, and I think he came out of the game. They were concerned. They didn't disclose what was wrong, but he played the next day coming here Thursday, April 27th, but now the report is he came out for hip hip discomfort. So who knows if that was from the slide, and um, that the hip is used for swinging. So I would be concerned uh, as an Aaron Judge owner um, is he going to be out? And if he's not going to be out, is it going to affect his swing? So, any any other injury reports you guys have that aren't listed here? Anything else you want to bring up there? Yeah, there's oh. Another name that's new. I don't I don't know a lot of information about it. But George Springer apparently had a hand hand injury. He's probable for tomorrow, so uh, Friday the twenty eighth. I don't think it's anything serious, but. Uh, he's he's 100% roster is pretty notable, George Springer. Yeah, you hate to see their, your elite players with that red cross next to his name. All right, well, let's take us right into our favorite segment of Waiver Wire. Waiver Wire, we're going to help you guys out to find um, whether you had one of these injured players listed above. You had Robbie Ray, and you were trying to scramble to find someone to replace him. Or, hey, we're going to name some hot-hitting hitters that you should pick up. Um, So let's jump. Will, how about you for a a first waiver wire uh, 
We either add, drop. What you got? Yeah, so I went for the ad with Yusei Kikuchi from the Blue Jays. Uh, the main thing with him is the SPRP eligibility. You know, that's extremely rare, and it's rare to find one that's actually productive form-wise in that position. So he's only 79% owned. He's got three straight 20-plus point games, um, 4-0 with a 3 ERA right now. So uh, 19 to- 90 total points, you know, 15th currently. So, you know, it depends on how deep your league is potentially. You know, I was able to grab him in a 10-team uh, league like two nights ago. Mm-hmm. But in our 12-team, he's already rostered. So it kind of depends on that, you know, how deep your league is, how many teams are in it. But he's definitely worth a look, especially with the SPRP eligibility. <clears throat> As you well know, you're always taking advantage of that and having success with it. That can be huge to have a guy in that role. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I've got, I've got a couple of names listed and about the same own percentage here of relief pitchers. I want you guys to rank them for me. We've got Yusei Kikuchi of Toronto, Oviato. How do you say his name for Pittsburgh? Johan Oviato. Johan Oviedo. Oviedo for Pittsburgh. Hunter Brown of the Astros and Doval of the Giants. So two Sparps and two closers. Uh, Will, can you rank those one through four for me? Yeah, I would definitely go Hunter Brown one, uh, being on the Astros and the success he's had. I think he's currently sitting top ten in pitching right now, um, being on one of the better teams in baseball, doing that well with the SPRP eligibility. I'll put him one, you say two, and probably Oviedo three. You know, the Pirates are doing well right now. Will it last? You know, you don't know. And then I'll, I don't remember what the last one was, Duvall. Probably fourth for him. From the Giants, the closer for the Giants. Yeah, I'd, I'd have him fourth out of those. Maybe. Okay, so you still you went sparp heavy there then. Yeah, yeah. If they're productive, I think that's you know essential to have if you can get it. That's a that's guaranteed points if they're getting a start with a yeah. sparp or a closer. You never know if he's going to get a save. True. Um, so Wes, uh, where's your ranking of you say you you say you say. No, and then the next guy, Oviato, Brown, <laughs> and Doval. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Will on Hunter Brown, number one. Um, Sparp eligible, pitches for the Astros. He's been really good. Um, the conversations so far have looked like he might retain his spot in the rotation, but he also might be the odd man out uh, once McCullers comes back. Um, but for the time being, I still rank him one. <laughs> I'm going to go Oviedo, number two. Um, the Pirates, look, man, they've been the best team in baseball so far. They're a surprise of the season. They just um, beat Oviedo. the Dodgers today. They just shut the Dodgers down. Yeah, and I uh, put Urias on the bench, thankfully, for that one. But um, I'm going to go uh, Kikuchi, three, and then Doval, four. Um, I just I don't put much stock in relievers because they're volatile and – you just don't know when you're going to get point opportunities with them. Um, and I know when a, a SPARP is going to start, so I can kind of plan ahead depending on the uh, who they're facing in the week. Yeah, I think it's, like you said, kind of on that SPARP, you know you're going to get points from them. You kind of, I think unless you have a closer that's on a good team who is probably at least probably guaranteed at least two saves in the week, you almost might take the SPARP on the bad team over a closer on a good team. I'm sorry, a closer on a bad team. 
Right. Oh. Yeah, and I would say the way uh, uh, Yerquity is pitched for the Astros, you know, it's looking like he could get the boot if someone does. You know, if he keeps trending this way, he's been pitching pretty bad. Yeah. He's been getting shelled. And if Hunter Brown, you know, keeps trending like that and Yerquity that way, you know, I don't know how you could give him the boot. Are you talking Who's about the Ash? Urquidy? Urquidy, yeah. Urquidy, Urquidy. Yerquity. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Same thing. My other team, he's getting negative points every start. So that's, you know. Oh, yeah, he's not. He's not <laughs> worth rostering right now. All right, Tommy, your ranks of those four. Those yeah, quickly. Two sparps and two relievers. Yeah, Hunter Brown has been great. Oviedo has been unexpected, but I'll ride it while it's hot. And I'm going to go Camille Duvall. I switched up a little bit. He throws electric stuff. He's just so fast. He's yeah, good. the point the points are a little, you know, it's it's gonna be hit or miss, but I think the Giants are gonna win enough games to where he's worth it. And I just have zero faith in Yusuke Kikuchi. He's been hit or miss up and down every year with Seattle and now Toronto. He doesn't really have any stuff. He's been he's been able to get some strikeouts and avoid walks, but he's just getting hit hard. Um his expected numbers are a lot worse than his actual numbers, so I think he's got some regression coming too. You say is one of those roller coaster guys where he will ride at hot, high strikeouts. And then there's negative 11 starts from him. Yeah. So on that note, Spark, everybody harps about him. And if you've got a good Spark, like a Spencer Strider, you, you know, you're starting every oh, week. Yeah. There's no question about it. But the guy who, who's questionable, like you said, Kikuchi, you typically get one start out of him on, a, on a, every fourth, fifth week. You get two starts. If he doesn't perform well, you may get a four or five, six point day or a negative five point day. And that's it for the week. Where with a closer, typically they're reliable. Typically they're not going to blow up on you, on you. you. You make it 10. You may get 20. You may have a 40-point week, but I'd rather have the floor um, yeah. of a reliable closer uh, than a ceiling of a iffy uh, spark. I would – yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Tommy. I, I'm, I'll echo that. I would rather have a reliable closer than a questionable spark, right? Like I'm not going to go out of my way to go pick up a spark just because they have a two-star week. Uh, even and sit, you know, Josh Hader that week. I would rather have a reliable closer, um, especially in situations where those matchups aren't great for that spark. Yeah, I I I want to agree with Tommy's ranking of Hunter Brown, uh, the closer for the Pirates, the best team in the National League, Doval and Kikuchi, and only because I say Kikuchi because I've owned him in the past so recently, and he's just been a letdown for me. The, the closer um, for the Pirates is David Bednar. Oviedo is a starting pitcher now, a converted really pitcher. So, but the Kikuchi ad, if the those three guys that we other guys that we listed in that ranking is are probably all owned. Duval might not be owned. Um, so you can take your pick. Kikuchi is suddenly a spark, a, really, a starter in the past to hit some time in the bullpen. Um, is hot right now. So watch those, watch those matchups and uh, Kikuchi could, could give you great value out of the relief pitcher role. So, all right, uh, let's move West. How about you for a waiver wire pick? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give you two real quick. Um, so the, the first one I'm going to give you is Matt Strom with the Phillies. He's currently 32% owned. Um, didn't really see him with the roster spot uh, on the starting rotation come out of camp, but um, he's actually been pretty good this year. Uh, so he's made five starts. He hasn't gone more than five and a third today. He went five and a third, three hits, three earned runs, um, but he struck out 11. 
Um, so he's only had one start where it wasn't great. He went two and two thirds. We're giving up three. The the one thing I, I guess concerns me is he hasn't pitched. Uh, he hasn't gone past five innings. Um, the Phillies haven't let him go past five innings. In his third start, he went five innings and gave up four hits, and he only threw 59 pitches. He scored 20 points, and they pulled him. So uh, if they if the Phillies allow him to kind of grow, I think he's he might be a great pickup. He is SPARP eligible, um, and I would definitely look, look to pick him up for next week um, because he's pitched really well recently. The second one is going to be A.J. Puck. Um, if you need a reliever, um, he's getting most, if not all, the opportunities for the Marlins. Um, he's currently 67% rostered. He's one of the um, he's one of the hottest pickups uh, on the on the mar- on the market right now. So uh, he's pitched really well. Yeah, uh, I definitely saw it with Strom. Uh, another spark. Actually, he's just relief pitcher eligible at this point. Uh, only 32% owned in leagues. So this guy's probably available in your league. He's started four games, three ERA, and has more than a strikeout per inning and only seven walks. So great uh, great pick there. I agree with you, Wes. That's who, something I, someone I would be eyeing as well. Especially you need starting pitching help. Strom was a top Brewers prospect. Yeah. Or was, he was it Padres? And and I think he was with the Brewers, and then he got traded to the Padres. He didn't get a chance with the Brewers. He got traded to the Padres, and that was his first opportunity to start in the big leagues. It was Strom and Burns, I want to say, yeah. that came up together. And you see who worked out more on the better because he's still with the Brewers. All right. So I see with, with Strom is only 32% owned. You mentioned A.J. Puck, 67% owned. Who would you rather own at this point, Strom or Puck? A, a straight closer or a high strikeout relief pitcher mm. starter? I, that's probably going to de- depend on preference. I, I would probably rather have Puck. I think he's more reliable right now. Um, if I see that the Phillies are going to allow Strom to go six, seven innings, um, then I would rather have Strom, but they just haven't let him do that yet. Right, yeah. You're not getting that quality start, that three points from quality start. Um, you're not getting more points from more innings, so that's tough. A.J. Puck, if he gets a save, it's an automatic 10 points. Exactly. Um, another guy listed right next to them in, in, in ownership is Tanner Howick. Would you rather own Howick than Puck or Strom? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Homer, Homer pick and say yeah because I did pick Hauk as a uh, as a breakout candidate. All right. All um, right. for Hauk, I think, he, man, I think the Red Sox are gonna allow him just to kind of go, but he's had like one bad inning in each start. If he can mitigate that, I, I think I would rather have Hauk. Tommy, same thing. Would you rather have Hawk over Strom or Puck? Yeah, my order would be Hawk, Strom, Puck. I don't trust the Marlins to give AJ Puck enough saves, even though I think he's the best pitcher out of the three. Uh, Strom hasn't got the leash to go all the way yet, and Hawk. The Red Sox sent down Brian Bale at Bayo, and they've got a six, seven, maybe eight man rotation coming up. So there's a crunch, and, and Hawk was one of the favorites to go to the, the bullpen. He hasn't gone to the bullpen yet. They optioned Bayo down. 
they basically told him, you're pitching well, you can have it. So until, until the Red Sox, same thing we said about uh, Volpe. Will the Red Sox give up on Hout? I'm not going to give up on Hout because his slider is disgusting. He's got some command issues. He's working on it, but I think he's the best out of those three with the most certainty for a job today. We could record the next episode and I could change my thought, but uh, today that's, that's the thought. He's the one yeah. piece... The one piece on Bayo, um, I saw that what he was demoted, but he didn't leave the team. So it was basically like a paper transaction. So I'm not sure where that lands. I'm still looking to see what the Red Sox do, but that was interesting to me. Yeah, they're going to give one more turn in the rotation. Paxton's coming back soon. Uh, they've got some guys that have been horrible. Kluber was horrible the first three starts. Uh, he had a good one. And I, and I don't think they're going to – they're not going to get rid of Kluber. They paid him $10 million for a year, and that sends a horrible message to any veteran coming over there. So um, no one's going to sign with the Red Sox if after four starts you're, you're gone. So he's got his job for a while. So there's there's a, there's a crunch in the back end of that, and I think for how for now, Houck's got that job. That's tough because the Red Sox are at 500. they They're scoring a lot of runs. So they're not obviously not an all bad offensive team to show yeah. like, hey, guys, come play with us. We are We are winning. Or here to win, they just can't prevent runs right now. The the starting pitching is single handedly giving giving it away games. The bullpen's been great; they're scoring runs, mm-hmm. um, but the bullpen, the starting pitching is uh, we'd, we'd be seven hundred percent, eight hundred percent winning team if it wasn't for horrible starting the, pitching. Right now, the Red Sox have scored the third most runs in the majors, but they've given up the second most runs. I've seen it. third most runs, so third most scored and third most given up. And I bet 80% of that third most is uh, the starters. Yeah. Can't win ball games if you don't have guys who can go lengths. So, all right. Um, good waiver wire I've got listed here. Um, Bryson Stott. Bryson Stott is only rostered in 71% of leagues. He was a top prospect for Phillies last year. Came up pretty quick, young, and platoon a good bit. But now he's off that platoon, and he's been given the starting role at shortstop. Or I'm sorry, second base. Now that Trey Turner's there, the guy is off to a blistering 3.43 batting average, two home runs, three stolen bases. Um, so he's hitting. He's hitting for average. He's getting on base. Um, his, his on base percentage 3.65. Not so he's not going to hit for power, but he's going to get you a steady amount of points. Um, who knows? The Phillies aren't even playing good ball, but if if the Phillies start taking off like we all expect them to, probably, and the objections there, <laughs> the Phillies should play, be playing better ball. Um, I would expect that the Phillies' leadoff hitter would start scoring more points. Let me ask you a question, Michael. Who would you rather have? Is Bryson Stott or his teammate Brandon Marsh, who's also been surprisingly just as hot? I don't trust Brandon Marsh's track record. He played with the Angels for how long? And the Angels, he was touted there i feel like he brent marsh has got to fall back to earth but he's got power that's the only thing that adds to his profile that stott doesn't uh but again stott's young 25 years old 200 pounds maybe he finds his power stroke next year um i still like it it depends on what you need i guess because he's an outfielder this is a second base shortstop if you need a second baseman or even a shortstop if you had Corey Seager injured, Stock could be a great fill-in. But yeah, I, I, I saw that too, Tommy, of Brendan Marsh, who usually doesn't have those kind of numbers taking off. Let's see what Marsh's numbers. He's hitting 351, 435. So same 
average and on base, but his slugging is 7.03. He's got four home runs. So similar numbers, but with power. So at that point, if you have, if you need a utility at this point, you got to ride the hot Brendan Marsh, who's going to give you probably a little bit, you know, five more points uh, because that home run potential. All right, Tommy, did you give a waiver wire addition here, a waiver wire thought? No, I'm going to give you a combo deal. It's a two for one. Uh, of because course. Pitching, because pitching's been so hard to come by. Um, two players in the same team, same position, in the same same status. They're both rookies making their first start. Tanner Bybee and Logan Taylor Allen. Not to be confused mm-hmm. with Logan Allen from the Orioles from last year. Yeah, that guy's trash. Um, they're both 49% <laughs> rostered. I mean, I can't make this stuff up. They're, they're, they're echoing everything. They're both 49% rostered. They both threw six innings and 5.2 innings. They both had eight strikeouts in their debut. Um, their whips are both sitting around one. They were fantastic. I didn't get a chance to watch Logan Taylor, but his stat line was good. I actually picked him up speculatively. I did get to watch Tanner Bybee. He was amazing. I, I mean, amazing. Who do you he not looked. pick up speculatively, though, Tommy? I, I tell you, I lose all my pitchers. M- Mr. Speculative. Mr. Speculative. <laughs> So if I had the chance to pick up one, it'd be Tanner Bybee. But if you got an opportunity to pick up both, I would. They're not both going to stay in the rotation long-term. So if you can have both, see who gets the job. I think those guys should be special. Cleveland is a pitching factory. Man. So I got two Tanner, notes. Tanner Bybee looked really good. Yeah. I wonder, Tanner Bybee was just breaking off a lot of curves. I wonder, I think the better pitcher of the two that you of the two that you listed there aren't there isn't even one of those two. It's Gavin Williams. And I think I that's agree. who Cleveland wants at the major league level. They just have to go through the pecking order. Gavin Williams destroyed Double A. He started there again this year, and that's I think if you were to have to pick one of the three, I'd pick Gavin Williams. Um, Tanner Bybee, if he has, I think he could be optioned back down. Because there was the conversation, there was a conversation on Twitter today. I was reading through that someone believed that Mackenzie Gore was a safer job pick, like a safer player to pick up than Bybee, even though Bybee looked, you know, looks better because you never know when Bybee's going to get optioned back down where Gore has his role. I would agree with that. I mean, job security, right? Like the Nationals have nothing to lose. Mackenzie Gore has proven everything he needs to. So obviously he's in the MLB where Bybee might still have some seasoning left. But I think the upside is better with Bybee, where Gore's going to walk four guys every start. You never know what that's going to turn into. I mean, that's fair, but Gore's been pretty good the last two starts. Yeah. Coach Aver and I were talking about him well, earlier today. He, he like, he'll go four walks, two walks, four walks, four walks, two walks. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. But he strikes out his score. His score. His <laughs> right, score. Right. If he can get only two walks, I think he scores 20-plus points. If he yeah. has four walks, it's like ten. Yeah, dude, could you imagine the the Cleveland rotation? So Bybee, Gavin Williams, if Espino can stay healthy, man. Once he's once he do back, well, he had a setback. He they put him back on the shelf. Is he out pretty much? Same shoulder. September. Yeah, it's gonna be. I, I don't know if they gave a timetable. If they did, I didn't find it, but um, it's gonna be some months. And there's one other guy that I'm not telling you guys about that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at Google. 
All right. I know here another another guy Will and I talked about and that Will actually picked up, uh Harold Ramirez. Will you want to dig into Harold Ramirez? Yeah, so they um you know, obviously the Rays are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now and they were you know, I messed up similar to you as you with Kellenick, you know, dropping him early. I dropped uh Yandy, Yandy Diaz very early and he's figured it out. You know, that's what they talked about with him was the launch angle. You know, if he could figure that out, he could probably take a leap from a fantasy perspective. And they said Harold Ramirez is doing the same thing. Um, he was a guy that was hitting for a good average, just didn't have the launch angle last year. And they said, you know, he's starting to figure that out. Um, he's already had five home runs this year, batting three fifty four, whereas last year he finished with six home runs in 120 games. So it sounds like those two guys are figuring it out from the launch angle perspective. And, and getting playing time. Yeah, that's a big thing too is getting the playing time and the bats. Um, so I think he's worth a look. He's got first base and outfield eligibility. So if you're weak on either one of those or got a spot, you know, it may not be a bad idea for one of the best teams in baseball. Yeah. Speaking of first base, I highlighted and looked at Rowdy Telez. The guy has a slugging percentage of nearly 600 against right-handed pitchers. Against left-handed pitchers, he's slugging 364. And actually he has eight total home runs. Seven of them are against right-handed pitchers, and he has 11 at-bats against left-handed pitchers and only one hit, and it's a home run. That came like and that actually happened. That happened like yesterday. Yeah, before that, it was he was hitless against left-handed pitchers. So if you Rowdy Telez, great po- source of power. He looks. He looks. You know, he's walking just you know about half the amount of times he's striking out, uh, but. Don't bat. Don't play him against lefties. Look at that schedule. Look at that matchup. And if there's two lefties on that schedule, find find a different first baseman. <laughs> so, all right. Any other last uh, waiver wire additions, guys? Before we uh, wrap yeah. up waiver wires, I got one. I got one more. I wanna I wanna mention um, Brian De La Cruz with the Marlins. Coming into the season, it was between him and Jesus Sanchez and who they were going to give the you know the better side of a platoon. So far, it uh, looks like De La Cruz has kind of won that battle. Um, he's 34% owned. Um, he scored 21 points last week. He's he's only 26, and like he's right around 600 at-bats in the big leagues, but it looks like he's starting to figure it out, and the Marlins are starting to trust him. They're giving him more playing time. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily pick him up right now, but he's definitely a person I would keep an eye on it over the next week to, and your to scout see team. Yeah. The scout team type guy. <laughs> you use scout team, right? I do. Okay. I thought last time we talked you, you were like, no, I don't use that. Yeah. I use it for the guys that I want to keep track of that. I'm, they're probably so far off that I just don't it's not in the front of mind. So like a guy that is maybe coming back from injury in two months or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I put those guys on my scout team. That way I, I can get notifications when, uh, Hey, by the way, Bryce Harper's coming back next week. Ooh. <laughs> so with that, with that, Tommy, you want to wrap us up and give us one more quick waiver wire. Yeah. I won't, I won't go to detail about him, but I'm going to give you the guy who, when I look at him, he looks like he should be playing hockey. When I see his name, it looks like it's a hockey name. Jack Sawinski. Um, he's been really good. I didn't really know much about him until the season started. Um, I don't think he's a must start. I mean, you can put him on your bench. It's, that's fine. Hitting 278, 406, 630. 
those are all really good numbers, but um, I I don't know if he has a track record. Was he was he a prospect? Did he have any pedigree? Mm. Yeah, so I, I think he's just a hot start. Rather the hot hand while you can. If, if more of a deeper league play, I would say. Okay, yeah, and we can get we'll, we'll get into that a lot more with these deeper type of guys with prospects too on our next episode uh be on the lookout for that of prospects that are coming here to impact or who we think are just the best prospects um and look out for then worryometer that's coming up too in in future episodes um any last words guys for episode six and week five preparation all good all right well closes out then now <laughs> closes out then and uh, hit us up if, if you have a uh, waiver wire considerations. Hey, I need to, dro- I'm considering dropping this guy. Would you drop this guy to add this guy? We are here to help for that. That's, that's the most fun thing. Um, we'll probably get into some of that too in future waiver wire, waiver wire episodes, but I'm Michael. We got the whole camp here. Will, Wes and Tommy, you can find us all BNB underscore our name on Instagram. I'm sure Twitter's about to start getting more active. Um, as we're all discovering all the different fantasy folks on Twitter. Um, So this has been episode five, week five, fantasy baseball prep. We'll catch you guys next, next week.